71 of the Neverending Glory Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly. I'm here with Jerry Burris and Sean Zustin. Mark is out tonight. And it's a really weird time for Sean, Mark, and myself in the league from the Ville as we are bringing up the rear in the league at 12th, 13th, and 14th, respectively. And Jerry Burris is sitting pretty at fifth overall right now and actually in playoff contention for the first oh time God. ever. It's not no, sitting pretty. I was no, number one in the league. No, his team is a disaster. There's like four teams that, by the way, are going to be dead last. And none of them are the three that are in 12th, 13th, 14th. Like, I broke it down today looking for trades and stuff like that. There, There's, there's a few teams that are atrocious. And one more injury to, to Mr. Burris' squad, and he's going to be <laughs> – joining them oh trust me i'm on death's door right now it's 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 we're teetering simply ravishing is teetering on the edge it does feel like you know stranger things that we're living in the upside upside down world right now because uh as we mentioned many times before burris has never made the playoffs and sean mark and i are are very commonly in the playoffs and even the rest of the top six is only one uh annual playoff contender that is nick Vern. the rest of the guys are you know, Rue, Farkey, Burris, Moner. Um, but guys, hey, you know, in Trump's America, anything's possible. So this <laughs> is what's happening. Maybe it's a changing of the guard a bit. But, uh, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I make the playoffs for like the sixth time in seven years or whatever it is. But uh, this right, is can episode get off 70. with the self sucking and start the podcast. Oh, you. Oh, my God. You've been <laughs> self sucking for the past, you know, six weeks since Cream Hunt turned into the next Walter Payton. But whatever. Sure. <laughs> Uh, episode 71, Never Any Glory podcast. We're going over week five of the fantasy football season. We're going to talk real quick about week four as well. Talk about some of the injuries that happened as well as the point pounders. This guy sucks and different players we can find in the waiver wire. But before we get into all that, find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. We're constantly tweeting, giving out fantasy football advice. So you can find us at Glory Podcast. Find us on Facebook, Never Any Glory Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. And feel free to send us emails at negpodcast at gmail.com. There we go. But let's get right into the week four point pounders. A few guys that we're going to go over real quick. Common theme right now is is talking about Todd Gurley and how fantastic he is. I'm going to hat tip to Nick and Akron there. He loves hearing me talk about Todd Gurley. Had another huge game again. Uh, 121 yards rushing, seven catches for 94 yards, and one touchdown receiving. Sean McVay is finally using uh, Todd Gurley to the way that that Jeff Fisher never could. Le'Veon Bell finally putting up those number one overall, number two overall pick stat uh, stats. He had 35 rushes, which is ridiculous, for 144 yards, two touchdowns, and uh, four catches for 42 yards. And then DeAndre Hopkins, 10 catches, 107 yards and a touch. And uh, Tyler Croft, I mean, you guys saw him firsthand. He had two touchdowns, 68 yards, receiving over six catches. Don't think people should be picking him up in, uh, in the waiver wires too much. But one guy that they should be picking up, I think, is Deshaun Watson. Two weeks in a row. Fantastic games. He had 283 yards, four touchdowns passing. He did have a pick. He also had 24 yards rushing as well as another touchdown. That's five touchdowns in this game. Sean, I mean, can you start Deshaun Watson week to week? Are you, If you are a QB needy team, are you putting him in your lineup as, as your QB1 moving forward? I think you can start him. I think you just have to be leery um, and have a second quarterback option. You pair him up with maybe a Phil Rivers or something um, if you have the ability to. Um, or if you you know you picked him up in the waiver, hopefully you've got another option there that that makes some sense. Uh, obviously, Bill O'Brien's putting him in a lot of situations that he may be successful, but at the same time, you do wonder Ricky Wall. Um, and you know, from an analytics standpoint, there are some some kind of um, you know 
gaps there where you know he's not making all the throws or or he's having some situations where you know there's there's a little bit of luck involved or or, or some situations and he also you know it's not like New England as they've proven now uh, in the resurgence of Cam Newton that you know they're this uh, you know juggernaut at least currently speaking defensively. Yeah, we'll talk about Cam Newton in a second, but Jerry, you're a little bit of a QB guru here. I mean, what's your thoughts on Deshaun uh, Watson so far? They're doing what he does best. I mean, they're not they're not forcing him to to be you know full field reads downfield every play. They're moving him around a lot, and they also are, you know running the ball uh, fairly successfully. A lot of play action stuff. They're they're doing what they should be doing for a rookie quarterback with a, a guy that has a lot of skill and has won a lot of ball games in the college level. So. They're not they're not rewriting how to play quarterback in the NFL by any means, but you know take it with uh, grain of salt. They did play the Patriots, who are playing you know some of the worst pass defense we've ever seen um, for a Bill the Belichick defense. Yeah, very frustrating to watch the Patriots on defense right now. Um, you mentioned the run game. Obviously, Lamar Miller had a great game as well. He had 75 yards rushing with a touchdown, and then four catches for 56 yards in the touch as well. And then even Deontay Foreman, the rookie running back out of Texas, he's still a factor in that backfield. He had 13 touches, and that's somebody to keep an eye on. Um, if Lamar Miller goes down, it looks like that Foreman could be a true three-down back. We talked about Cam Newton. He's on the honorable mentions for point pounders. Had four touchdowns against my Patriots. I, guys, I can't tell you how frustrating it was to watch that game, how frustrating it is to watch the Patriots defense right now. Now I know how you guys feel about with the uh, the Browns defense, but I mean, we make Cam Newton look like the all-pro he was two years ago, and clearly he wasn't that guy for the first three weeks of the season. So what changed? Obviously, no pass rush whatsoever really helped <laughs> Cam Newton a lot, and also Stephon Gilmore uh, getting off his coverage and just roaming free or or leaving a guy like Fozzie Whitaker wide open or Devin Funches wide open. Um, very frustrating. But the question for I have for you, Sean, is you know Cam Newton he at least didn't overthrow his receivers when he was wide open or when he had you know, ten seconds to throw the ball. Even with a pass rush, a decent pass rush, unlike what the Patriots have. Can Cam Newton continue this track for success? And do you think that maybe he's, his QB value is going to go go up a little bit? Because as we mentioned last week, I benched him in five leagues, and that came back to bite me in the ass. Uh, I, I think you need another game or two to, to really, you know, is Cam back or not? It, the Patriots were so bad or have been so bad. It would be interesting to see this Thursday night game if they kind of simplified a little bit. And as a result – Maybe play a little bit better base defense or, or maybe even do some things offensively to kind of keep their defense off the field. Uh, but but back to Cam, I I don't know. You got to – I got to prove it. Give me a couple Look of at weeks. their schedule. Give me I mean, something. Sean, look at their schedule. They got Lions and they got Eagles on Thursday who's giving up a lot of passing yards. And then they get the Bears. Yeah, um, but here's the thing with the Eagles. The Eagles are giving up a lot of passing yards. That in the back half of the season is going to be a good defense. They were without three of their top four defensive backs. True. That front seven, Fletcher Cox didn't even travel out west. The Eagles have some quality starts in them from a fantasy perspective. It's just they got to get three, four guys right. And all of a sudden, people are going to you know wonder how the Eagles gave up what they gave up the first four or five games of the season mm-hmm. without looking into it. Yeah. So with Cam, you know, like you said, Sean, I, I agree. Let's give it a week. Uh, I currently am deciding between him and Ben Roethlisberger in our dynasty league this week. And Ben Roethlisberger is obviously going against the Jacksonville Jaguars with number one rated pass defense. And we'll talk about them later. So it, it is tough to really trust him right now. But when he does start to face the Bears and, and I've seen a few games of, of decent quarterback play, maybe I'll be interested in starting Cam Newton again. But, uh, yeah, tough to trust him right now. Um 
Bilal Powell did really well, considering that he was given RB1 reps. 21 rushes for 163 yards and a touchdown, with another four catches for 27 yards. So we didn't expect those numbers when he was drafted in the mid-rounds this year uh, as Matt Forte's caddy and more the third down back. But it's good to see some value from him uh, this year, even though it took up until week four. Now, one guy who who is uh, turning himself into a pretty talented pass catcher, and we kind of knew this when he's being drafted uh, to Tennessee, is Alvin Kamara with the New Orleans Saints. Five rushes for 25 yards, but he had 10 catches for 71 yards and a touchdown. And even in crunch time, or when they're trying to milk the clock a little bit, he was getting carries over Adrian Peterson, Mark Ingram. He was getting touches over both those guys. Even though they have a week five bye, I think if Alvin Kamara is on your waiver wire, and he probably isn't there in 14-team leagues, it's probably 12 teams in 10-team leagues, I think he's the number one waiver wire option this weekend, or this week. And... We're seeing Darren Sproles 2.0, I feel like. And Adrian Peterson is uh, the outside guy in that offense. I don't know why the hell they still have him. I, I think they should trade him, but we'll, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, Alvin Kamara looks like he could be a PPR RB2 with some RB1 upside. Sean, do you agree or disagree with me on that sentiment? Yeah, but I can't imagine a scenario other than maybe 10-team leagues with some maybe a few suspect players that, that he's available at this point. From a trade target, though, I think it's somebody you can try and work because you look at David Carr, Mariota, some of these other guys that are hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you know he's on those rosters, that's 100% a target you should be looking at um, to, to try and get as an asset back. Uh, you know, maybe given one of your cheaper running back options um, to kind of offset it a little bit. But uh, it, I think that has upgrade potential uh, big time with it. I still think Mark Ingram's valuable. I think Adrian Peterson's getting moved within the next two weeks, week and a half to two weeks. I, there's just it doesn't make any sense. It didn't make sense when they signed him in the first place, to be honest, um, because they did it after drafting Kamara, if I remember correctly. Yep. And it just. He doesn't fit that system whatsoever. He's got to get 20 carries. I actually think he, the natural fit there and makes the most sense is is Minnesota. Like just right. trade him back, and they need someone that can carry it 20 times, and the other guys they got right now can't. Yeah, that that's a hot take going around the internet right now is is trading back to Minnesota. But I'm not sure. I don't think there's any love lost between those two those two parties, Minnesota and Adrian Peterson. So I'd be very interested to see if they can make that happen. I think they should consider trading him to New York for Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall ain't working out there. Get Sterling Shepard reps, and there's and, no benefit for New York doing it with Minnesota. That's true. True. And yep. he's on a one year deal. Like you can you can kind of cut your losses. Like both parties can. If they can just agree to play nice for you know twelve more games plus the mm. playoffs, like that's really where we are. He knows the offense, so you're right. That's that's a pretty good point. And uh, you know we'll talk about Dalvin Cook's injury coming up, but first let's talk about this week's this guy sucks. Antonio Brown four catches, thirty four yards, had a hissy fit in a win by, by the by the um, Steelers. Very frustrating game uh, if you're an Antonio Brown owner. Matt Ryan struggled as well. Hulu Jones and Mohamed Sanu, Sanu both went out with injuries, so that's understandable. Melvin Gordon, 29 total yards with one catch. Marshawn Lynch continues to struggle in this Oakland offense, and we really didn't expect much from him against Denver, but 12 yards, I expect a lot more than that, let's be perfectly honest. But he's only had, I feel like, I think he's only had about 12 carries in the past two weeks. So I hate little... to repeat myself, but I was... Oh, I... do you? Do you, you hate to repeat yourself when you're right? Okay. I okay, hate Sean. to repeat myself, but I, I got eviscerated by, I believe it was uh, both of you, when I said Marshawn Lynch wasn't good when he left. And 
who's to say he's going to be good now, and he ain't good. You know, he, I think he looked good, honestly, a week one. He looked good. He's running over guys. He looked quick. I think what's been going on is is much like you're saying about Adrian Peterson. I think Marshawn Lynch needs 20 carries to get going, and Oakland just isn't giving him 20 carries. And maybe that's by design. Maybe they want to get these other guys, Rashard and Washington, involved. If you know that Marshawn Lynch takes 20 carries and needs to break one every now and again, why are you only giving him six carries? Especially in a close game that they just played against Denver and where they needed him with 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 David Carr going out with his injury. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't I don't think there's any dissension in the locker room. I don't think there's any issues between Marshawn Lynch and the coaching staff. But I just I just again like with AP, why sign him if you're not going to use him? That's that's the only thing I don't understand. But talking about Oakland. A guy that I think I'm close to panicking on, especially with a David Carr injury, is Amari Cooper. Two catches for nine yards. He has 12 catches for 110 yards and a touchdown in four games with seven drops. That's a a 16-game pace of 48 catches, 440 yards, and four touchdowns. That ain't going to get it done. He was drafted in the second, maybe third round of most fantasy drafts. Jerry, is it time to panic on Amari Cooper? I think the Oakland offense as a whole, it's time to start panicking a little bit, especially with Amari Cooper. I mean, he was the focal point this week with no Michael Crabtree, and this is the performance that they're going to get. Um, and just to touch upon your Marshawn Lynch thing, like the whole three down back or three running back by committee system has never ever been successful in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like right. I don't understand it, especially with a guy who needs that twenty carry um, game to get going. Like Marshawn Lynch has consistently been in his career a third and fourth quarter running back. He's going to get those three yard rushes that turn into seven and twelve, and then eventually pops one. So I don't know what's going on in Oakland, but that offense is scary and it might be starting to back away a little bit. I understand if it's a bad matchup, and with Denver, it is a pretty bad matchup. Right. They have a great totally. great secondary, great defense. But if you're going to take that next step and be this elite upper echelon player that you've been drafted as, not only in fantasy but in real life and what this team is relying on you for, you can't have two catches for nine yards. And that's what Amari Cooper has been brought into Oakland to be. Uh Early round draft pick, first round draft pick. He went, I think he went top five, right, Sean? Uh, I don't remember the number. No, it was so. it was relatively early. Was, yeah, I think sure he might have been 10. the first receiver or second receiver off the board, but right. But so, anyways, I mean, they expect him to be this elite player. He just hasn't been that guy, and he had solid first two years. But we expect him to take that third that third year step. We're not seeing it. But another receiver that played in the same game, and Jerry, you have some thoughts on him. Demarius Thomas had one catch for 11 yards against a pretty subpar Oakland defense. What the hell is going on with that guy? I don't know. It's sad to watch him in and out. I took him and Alshon Jeffrey back-to-back picks in the uh, the, the snake draft, uh, my second and third pick, and it's just Im- aggravating on a weekly basis watching him. I mean, Demarius Thomas underperformed his projections by 11 points this week. Um that's not going to get don't, it done. Don't, don't talk about projections. We don't talk about projections. Yeah, here's, here's the thing. Jerry's right. I got him in another league. He, he's been an absolute nightmare. The inconsistency of that offense. The week before, he basically had that total in the first half, and then he got five catches for like eighty yards in the second half. Yeah, it's just these are the types of players, and I, you fall into this trap sometimes, but you realize it after your team starts playing. You can't have this level of inconsistency week to week. Julio Jones has this a little bit, actually. Now, his lows aren't as low as as kind of this crap or Cooper, but this stuff is just paralyzing to just week to week performances. And 
you know, if you're playing in a total points league, it'll all net it. It'll work itself out. He'll have 25 or 30 in a couple weeks. You know, it won't be that big of a deal. But when you have these, you're just you're giving away positions and points right out of the gate, and you're you're losing to somebody that that sits there and starts Rashard Matthews against you in that spot. It's just <laughs> it, it it's why fantasy sucks. <laughs> Sean, Sean's having a tough year this year. I mean, he's having a tough, tough year this year. It's I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, I get Demarius Thompson a couple weeks too, and I'm I'm very disappointed in, in what's going on there. But I think he can turn it around. I'm not I'm not sure about Amari Cooper because of that definitely definitely because of that quarterback situation. But uh, we'll see how it all plays out. We're going to get into the injuries real quick. And as I mentioned, Dalvin Cook torn ACL sucks. The guy had a fantastic start to his rookie season. Looked like a every week. High end RB two, low end RB one, and then ACL injury. There's a meniscus injury there. There's some some cartilage issue as well. Um, if you check out on Twitter at Pro Football Doc, this guy's fantastic. I th- I love following him because he immediately uh, gave the information that we all found out a few days later uh, that it was a quick ACL and there was other damage too. So uh, check him out on Twitter at Pro Football Doc. But we have wire targets for him. I mean, it comes down to Latavius Murray, who was signed as a free agent out of Oakland, and Jarek McKinnon. And I don't have a ton of faith in either guy. I had Latavius Murray in fantasy last year, and it was just oh, pray to God that he got a one-yard touchdown or broke off a 70-yard run, because other than that, he's going to finish with 40 yards on 20 carries. Um, but, Sean, we mentioned Adrian Peterson maybe being a trade target. We mentioned Dion. I, I thought to myself maybe Dion Lewis could be a target for them, but I think he's a little bit too much like Jarek McKinnon. Um I mean, who are you? Who are you targeting on the waiver wire this week? Latavius Murray, Jarek McKinnon, or or maybe even like a Matt Asiata, who I'm sure will be signed at some point. If if you add Matt Asiata, <laughs> God help you. Um, I, I think you have to. It's going to seem weird, but just go after him. But you know, don't blow your load. Just right. relax and. Maybe it's not a bad thing if all the three of those guys, or at least two of them, you know, go for. If you're in a bid system, you're only got a hundred dollars to spend. You have a third of the money award goes to there. That's one less team that's probably not going to be able to outbid you in a couple weeks when a few more injuries happen, and then you know you sit there and target like Lamar Miller's due for an injury. Like, start thinking about some of these backs that aren't hurt yet that you know are just. Rearing to get an injury at some point. You got Doug Martin coming back. You know, he hasn't practiced. He could get dinged up. And you got the Zeke thing that's just kind of looming. Mm-hmm. And there's a big couple days here. And waivers, if they hit tomorrow or even Thursday morning, there might not be in a decision or might not be a decision on that. Or there could be by the time that this pod plays. And all of a sudden, Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden. We're going to see all those start going for sixty some dollars, um, or you know, two thirds, or maybe your whole your whole load there. So uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't go crazy in this spell. In hindsight, you would have been better off going crazy with Tarek Cohen yeah. after week one. Right. Yeah. Cohen. I mean, we, we mentioned that we like Cohen too. Uh, I think it's tough to kind of spend too, too much money in week one because is this guy a week one wonder or is he not? But if you, if you, you know, high risk, high reward, I guess. So, uh, I'm kind of on board with you. I have some waiver wire bids in for uh, Latavius Murray just because I think he's going to get more touches than Jarek McKinnon. And I feel like at least we haven't seen Latavius Murray in the Minnesota offense. We've seen Jarek McKinnon, and he's just he's nothing special. He's Jarek McKinnon. He's going to get a few catches a game. He's going to rush for five rushes for 20 yards and just disappoint. And at least with Latavius, I think you know, you're know you going to get um, goal line carries. 
But another unfortunate injury was Chris Carson, broken leg for the Seahawks. He's been sent to the IR. He's had surgery. He's done for the season. And we're back to the whole muddled Seattle backfield. I mean, we're looking at Thomas Rawls, Eddie Lacy. He who uh, should not be named. Don't don't bring him (laughs) up. See, well, Mark's not on the pod to yell at me. Uh, CJ Proceis and JD McKissick, who had a breakout game, uh, second year running back out of Arkansas State. Uh, he, was, he used to be a wide receiver. They turned him into a running back. He had four rushes for 38 yards and a touch, as well as one catch for 27 yards and a touchdown. Um, so, Jerry, out of that that quad of, of players, uh, you know, if you figure if Proceis is healthy, I'm not saying any player is overly valuable, Mark, but. Now there's a opportunity for a starting running back to be plucked off the waiver wire. Out of those four, who would you pick? If I if I have to pick, I think have to. I think I have to go with the known quantity in Seattle, and that's Thomas Rawls. But this backfield is not good. Like if you have to bring in a receiver to you know to tilt the rock a little bit, I don't know. First of all, I can't trust the pl- the uh, the amount of plays you're going to get. I don't know the rotation. I don't know any sort of pattern to this thing. But if you're putting so a gun fantasy in that, football in a nutshell, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. This year has been a very odd year, especially in the tailback position for the these mid level people. And I'm going to stay away from Seattle's running game if I if I have the the chance. Um, I'm going to look elsewhere if I'm going to be picking somebody up. I, I just don't trust these situations, especially when you're trying to convert a wide receiver to you know kind of play the Tariq uh, Hill you know scenario, the speedy right. guy that's way undersized and is only going to get you know five six carries and maybe some gadget plays. I think well, I think McKissick was was converted out of college, so I think he you know he's been a second year player, so I think he's had some time at running back. Right. He's not like a he's not like a Ty Montgomery where he was a wide receiver until there was dire straits. Um, so I see what you're saying though, uh, and, and I still think that he's probably Procise's understudy until Procise is healthy if he ever is healthy. Uh, personally, you know. I'm going to get shit on for this. I don't care. I'd take Eddie Lacy. He had 4.7 yards per carry. Um, I think he could be solid. But I don't want to talk too, too much about the Seahawks backfield because it is such a mess. Uh, the, the the common theme I've seen around the internet is Thomas Rawls is going to be the guy to own. Pete Carroll's come out and said that uh, he's going to be the new bell cow. But who the hell knows what's going to go he on? He, he, I mean, he was, a, he was an active, healthy scratch last week. I know. I know. I don't. Pete Carroll sucks. I don't get it. Like Pete Carroll, the whole douchebag. I I will say this: Pete, if he's the bell cow, have him active. Quit being an overthinker, prick. What a douche. Go wear stupid khakis and parade around like a wet fish. (laughs) Go call a pass play on the one yard line. The fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Was that good? I I wish I could cut it loose on him too. I, I I would eviscerate him right now. But we'll do, little, we'll do the uh, uncensored pod someday. Here's a little trivia for you. I was looking at McKissick today. I was uh, doing some dives on his stats, and I couldn't remember what college you went to. How about he was born in Alabama in Phoenix City? I'd like you to try to spell Phoenix City for a second. P-H-O-E-N-I-X? No, okay. you'd be wrong. It's, okay. <laughs> it's, is it F-I-N or F-E-N-I-X? It's P-H-E-N-I-X. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it's like a mix it's of like, it's Phoenix, like just, the Phoenix, Arizona, and Phoenix TX, a great pop punk band from the early 2000s. Well, well said, but I think they just forgot the O somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, so, Sean, real quick, hot take. Who do you hate more, Pete Carroll or Jeff Fisher? Fisher. 
Fisher. Okay. <laughs> I agree. Fisher sucks. I mean, it's the same question. Oh, God. All right. A uh, couple quarterbacks got hurt, which this is very interesting because both guys got hurt the same day last year as well. Marcus Mariota, uh, strained hamstring. He's week to week. I don't think he's going to play this week. They brought in old friend Brandon Whedon as a, as a backup security to uh, Matt Castle. And then David Carr, fractured bone in his spine, which sounds very painful. Um, our good friend Nick Vernon said it's spinal. Um, <laughs> he's out He's out two to six weeks. It could be – Tony Romo had the same injury a couple of years ago, and this was not the big one that made him retire. But I think he was only out for one week. So it could be on the, the, the lower side depending on how fast he heals. But, again, that's just a, a quarterback situation. They get E.J. Manuel there now, which he ain't going to beat anybody anytime soon. So uh, some of the players, I think, you know, with Marcus Mariota, I think the only player that really gets a bump up, two players are maybe DeMarco Murray and Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker is going to get some of the short dump-offs. DeMarco Murray should get more touches, or maybe even Derrick Henry gets more touches. And then in uh, Oakland, that offense is such a mess, I have no idea who the hell is going to get any sort of uh, extra touch there. Uh, Jordan Matthews, Sergio on his finger, finally had his first touchdown in Buffalo. He'll be out a month. That's tough. So Zay Jones is going to hopefully step up. And then you have Charles Clay, who should see more targets. And he's been he's been getting a lot of targets Um over the past two weeks, so that's another bump for him. And then Ty Montgomery, who we mentioned earlier, broken ribs. He hurt Thursday night, and uh, Jamal Williams came in. His backup hurt his knee. So then there's Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was another rookie, and he looked solid on Thursday night. And there's still rumors that Ty Montgomery could play or um, Jamal Williams might be able to play too. But I would suspect that it's Aaron Jones's night. And, Sean, much like we talked about Latavius Murray, because this guy probably doesn't have a ton of longevity in the offense, but he could be an RB2 for as long as he's a starter. I mean, how much money do you think you're spending on a free agent auction bid on a guy like Aaron Jones this early in the season? Not that much. I think Montgomery's back uh, sooner than anticipated. Williams looks like he's maybe back in a week. You got a little bit of a share there. Remember, Aaron Jones was behind Williams. So right. um, if you need a spot start or something like that, you know, maybe you're a little aggressive, but I don't think you go for more than, you know, 10, 15%. In our leagues, unfortunately, it was a little bit of a blip in the <laughs> waiver system where folks just picked them up on Thursday. Which so you the didn't matrix. have to go through the bidding process, which is kind of unfortunate because you should still have to go through the bidding. And I think. That got corrected in mind, but Mark being a league commissioner, you can't take well, Mark, a piss Mark, without having Mark to go has, to the bathroom and vote on it in the offseason. Mark hasn't said a word yet. He hasn't said a no, word. No, no. He, he told me that he's doing a vote on it in the offseason. I'm like, well, a lot <laughs> of good that does. So everybody that pays attention to Thursday games and you know is able to watch those monstrosities is always going to be a head up on everybody yeah. for free. Right. Uh, New York Giants continue to have a really tough run game. Paul Perkins, he's out with bruised ribs as well. And an interesting player, I think, to keep an eye on is Wayne Gallman, rookie. Uh, he has three down back skill set, and he came in and, and looked pretty solid. Uh, Orleans Darkwa sucks. Paul Perkins sucks. So, And Shane Vereen really hasn't done much outside of week one. So I think that Wayne Gallman could come in and be a solid player, potentially, for the uh, for the Giants. Again, I wouldn't spend any money on him. I'd try to pick him up as a free agent, not necessarily the waiver wire. And he's a kind of under-the-radar guy that I think he'll probably be available after the first round of waivers. And Odell Beckham, same team. The Giants dislocated his finger, re-aggravated that ankle injury. He should be okay. He said he's going to be okay. Of course, he's being a prima donna on the sideline with that, that uh, finger injury. Surprise, surprise. But it is something to keep an eye on, especially with that ankle injury. 
Um, and then Sean Julio Jones, we mentioned, uh, has the highs and the lows, but he had a low where he went out with a hip injury. Uh, fortunately, he does have a bye week this week, so he should be okay and good to go uh, when they come back in week week six. Uh, but we'll talk about some other waiver wire guys that you'll be able to find hopefully on your wire. And I think these are the guys that you should spend a little bit more money on uh, versus some of the injury fill-ins that we just talked about. Uh, Jerry, Will Fuller, wide receiver, former first-round pick by the Texans, uh, broke his collarbone, Back came back this week, had four catches for 35 yards and two touchdowns, which is very unlike Will Fuller. He usually yes. one of those guys is going to have two catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. Uh, where are you on Will Fuller as a number two wide receiver in Deshaun Watson's offense? Well, back-to-back years, he's been my last pick in my draft, and back-to-back years, I've dropped him after week three. <laughs> so this was yeah. really nice to see. You know, it's like seeing your ex-girlfriend date a supermodel. Um, but he going forward is still the deep threat. He's got elite speed, and Deshaun Watson uh, is is definitely going to drive the ball down to him. I think we he had four catches and thirty five. Yep, two, two touches. touches. Yep. So, I mean, he still runs the slant route, just as good as anybody on that team. So I, I think going forward, he's a legit W two or WR2 for the team. Oh, wide receiver two. Okay, so I, I'm hoping that Will Fuller coming back will open up some uh, – some, uh, to see less coverage for DeAndre Hopkins. Correct. Uh, because the first few weeks he really struggled to, to get open, but last week he had 10 catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. So maybe that's is, probably cool and, Fuller. And what's the status on, on uh, Fioritz? Because that's something that – you need to keep an well, he, eye on for him. He's well. out. He's out. He's out for the season. I believe he's on the IR right now. So I think he's out for the season. But he maybe he's on the IR to return. But that means that my boy from London, Derry, New Hampshire, Ryan Griffin, has stepped in and he's the tight end one there. And he's been he's been okay for the past two weeks. So I'm going to keep on touting him just because we'll tout anybody to get London, Derry, New Hampshire on the map. Absolutely. Um, all we got is all we got is apples, Ryan Griffin, and Svedkovaka. So um, that's a have, good mix. Don't have to do too much to work with. Um, Jaron Brown. Arizona Cardinals wide receiver, eight catches, 105 yards. Good luck trying to figure out that wide receiver group week to week. I mean, it's impossible. It's a nightmare. JJ Brown, Jaron Brown, or JJ Nelson, Jaron Brown, uh, John Brown, Larry. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is the only constant. He's the only guy you can start. So uh, if you not really, he sucked this weekend. He had a touchdown. He had a touchdown. That's how they won the game. So in your face. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So he's the reason. He's one of the reasons why I lost. Oh, I'm tired of his shit too. Poor Sean. Tired well, what, of what, well, <laughs> what do you think about Andre Ellington though? Who who we touted as a ru- the running back to own once David Johnson went down. Nine catches, eighty six yards. Is he a solid week to week wide receiver or running back two in PPR league, Sean? Who? Andre Ellington. God. Nine catches, eighty six yards. All these guys that get nine catches or eight catches, and then next week, you know. Because they finally decide, maybe we should try and throw the ball downfield and not be, you know, third and six, dump off for two yards. Like, throw the ball, damn ball downfield, get some first downs. Throw it to Larry Fitzgerald every once in a while, you prick. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, he'll, bitter, probably bitter Sean four, he'll probably Sean. He's probably going to get four or five catches, and yeah, you're great. Oh, awesome. He's, he's, he's not a real NFL player. He's fake. <laughs> oh, bitter Sean is fantastic. I love it. Now, let's keep it going. What do you think about Alex Collins? 82 yards and nine carries, but he did have his third fumble in two weeks. What do you think about him, Sean? Is he a real player or a fake player? He runs hard, but the fumble things are going to be a problem. I think he's the initial back, but that's a team. Without Yonda, that offensive line is a disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that they beat the Browns the way they did just 
infuriates me. That team's not very good. They'll be they'll be picking in the top twelve in the draft this year. Yeah. All right, let's close it out real quick for the waiver wire. Austin Safarian Jenkins, uh, another week with four catches. If you got a guy like Martellus Bennett who hasn't been fan, who hasn't been very good, uh, or maybe you have a Tyler Eifert type who's injured, uh, a lot of injuries at tight end this year. I think Safarian Jenkins for the Jets could be a solid pickup for you. He's not going to win you any weeks, but uh, he might this again, week he against the Browns. He could. Tyler Croft just had two touchdowns. You're right. You're right. Uh, maybe in, in DFS or DraftKings, Safarian Jenkins is a, a good start for you. But let's go into our Week 5 Point Pounders. Again, these are our favorite players who are kind of under the radar names. They're not your top echelon guys. Uh, they're more of the wide receiver two, wide receiver threes that we think are going to perform uh, really well. And my first one is Chris Hogan for the Patriots. I told everybody on Twitter today, start every Buccaneer and every Patriot you can because these are the two worst pass defenses. They're playing on a Thursday night uh, where usually defenses struggle. Um, the Patriots are pissed, so they're going to chuck it. I love Chris Hogan to find the end zone twice this year for the second time this season. Uh, he's my point pounder this week. Jerry, who is your point pounder for week five of the NFL season? I like the matchup of Adam Humphreys going against the uh, Patriots on Thursday night. I think the Pats D's reeling a little bit, and they're going to a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. They're giving up 300 yards in the, uh, a game in the air. And I think something's going on with James Winston, Deshaun Jackson. I don't think he sees him as well as he sees. Humphreys underneath and sees Mike Evans. So I'm not buying the deep ball connection with Deshaun Jackson, but I am buying some Adam Humphreys um, going forward. Um, Pains me to say it, I do have Deshaun Jackson on my squad, but I I, I think this week is a bad matchup for for the Patriots defense against Adam Humphreys. Humphreys had six catches last week, uh, so he kind of put his name back on the map. He had a few games where he flashed last year, so... Mm -hmm. Uh, slot receiver for Tampa Bay. Uh, and we're going to keep this, um, I guess, this theme going of New England and uh, Tampa Bay here. So, Sean, who's your pick for the point pounder this week? Uh, I, I don't have Machida. Who the hell did I pick? Whatever it was, is, <laughs> Dude, it was a great pick. Mike Gillis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, oh, here it is. Tremendous pick. Yeah, the best <laughs> pick. Yeah, yeah. This uh, It was. It was huge. It was a huge, <laughs> huge pick. Um, let me tell you, you can ask anyone, too. Um some some idiot tweeted at you or whatever asking about Gillisley. Don't do anything yet. Ride him Thursday night. Two touchdowns. Might even sneak a hat trick in. Nope. Might even. I nope. see a couple pass interference calls, a couple one-yard lines, some Gillisley into the end zone. I'm calling it two touchdowns, 60-plus yards rushing, 12, 15 carries, maybe two or three catches. Mike Gillisley is back. Oh, who are you starting this week, Gillisley or James White? Probably James White. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, I, would, I don't have. I mean, would I don't you have start? Either, so whatever. Would you start James White and Mike Gillisley on the same team? <laughs> no. What do you think I am, a loser? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're behind me no, in the standings. No. That's who I've been rocking for the past two weeks. Think I'm think I'm Adam Burst? Come on. Oh, God, oh that's my been my God. strategy the past two weeks. It has not worked. Tamir Abdullah blew up my bench last week, which pissed me off. Yeah, um, I've had, I have Abdullah, too. He never gets touchdowns, and then he yeah. gets the one when, when you're not playing him. That's the other stuff that pisses me off. Yeah. Yep. So in, in true Mark fashion, he did not give us his point pounder for the week. So uh, I'm sure we'll have to get that offline, and we will uh, be sure to let the people know uh, when we tweet out the graphic. The, the highly uh, technical graphic of using – Microsoft Excel and Microsoft Paint to, to get our information out to the masses. So I hope you all appreciate that because I do that uh, during work, which is 
Um, all right, week five, this guy sucks. Again, Mark didn't help us out, so he has nobody here. But, Sean, you got Antonio Brown, and I want to talk about that real quick because I disagree with you. But why do you think Antonio Brown is going to suck this week? Obviously, they're having trouble getting him the ball. I think a clear matchup this week or beneficial one could be in the slot or with Martavius. Um, and I think, you know, Antonio Brown, you take that poutiness. Big Ben came out and you kind of dogged him a little bit more this week. He's either going to come out and explode and they're going to force the ball to him. But Jacksonville is the type of defense in, and, you know, between Bouye and, and Ramsey that you force it to them and they can make you look bad. Um, and it's not as if the Steelers have been clicking entirely yet anyway. Uh, I actually think that's, you know, the fact that Bell took 35 carries um, is more of a testament to them just not having a damn clue what they're doing and can't trust too much uh, on a play call, um, you know, spot to spot. So I, I just, you know, I, what's bad in four catches, you know, 40 yards, 50 yards, but right. you know, n- not the impact that you need from a, a top three, four pick. Yeah. I mean, he had 11 catches uh, week one against your Browns. He had 10 catches two weeks ago against Chicago. So not very good defenses, obviously. But they have been able to get in the ball, uh, not consistently, inconsistently. And and we also all all know the story about being be- Big Ben's struggles on the road, too. So that can't be ignored. My thing is why I kind of disagree with this is really the – the Jags' defenses looked fantastic. Don't get me wrong. They look great so far, but look who they've played. They played Houston week one where Tom Savage was the starting quarterback for most of the game. Tennessee week two, who we thought was going to be a great offense, but they haven't really done too much. Baltimore week three, we talked about them and how bad they are. And the Jets week four. So this is, I think, their true test to see if Jacksonville actually is a great defense or if they just have are good at beating up bad competition. They'll also be playing on the road. They'll be playing in Pittsburgh. So... Well, I, I see where you're coming from because obviously there's something going on. You know, Antonio Brown had his little hissy fit on the – he's very a la uh, Odell Beckham having a hissy fit and throwing inanimate objects on the sidelines. Uh, but I still think that he's going to have a solid game, top 10 wide receiver. Um, but I see your point, and you know, we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, Jerry, who is your pick this week for this guy sucks? We were talking uh, before the pod a little bit about um, – if I was going to go with this one, I, so I'm kind of splitting this one. I, I said Martellus Bennett um, to start. Hot he, take. Hot take, I know. He's he's <laughs> a season high of 47 yards in, in one game this <laughs> this year. Um, I just feel like there's no chemistry between him and Rodgers. He's, I mean, he's a higher gun. You mean, I just don't see it on the field. I don't, I, I don't think that they totally trust him yet. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing we were talking about was we were talking how sneaky good the Buffalo Bills defense was, and I was going to say Andy Dalton is going to struggle mightily this week against the uh, pass rush that the Buffalo Bills bring. They were Didn't we say they were second in, in sacks in the NFL? Um, no, I did not say that. I said that they are middle of the road. Um, I think they're like probably tied for fifth with about oh no 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 teams. we were talking about um their yards per play average is, right. is very right. low it's third in the nfl um mm-hmm. and they've given up the fewest points per game average um so i just think those trends might continue this week and, and andy dalton coming off those two back-to-back weeks big weeks you know against lesser competition uh, mm-hmm. especially against the browns it's like a jv game um it's a little bit different when, you, when you're playing against buffaloes uh seems like they got a little uh swagger in their defense right now yeah Aaron Rodgers did come out and say that they're going to try to f- 
get Martellus involved early. And they were trying to do that last week too. They they set up a bunch of uh, quick hitter quick hitter passes that he either dropped or just Rogers couldn't get to him. Um, you know, a couple of yards down the field. So he's too good of a blocker. It actually works against him. He, he's so good. He's such a good blocker, and their offensive line, particularly the right tackle, because mm-hmm. um, Mari's been out. It, and actually, they they had four guards. They they won a game with four guards, a center and four guards. The two guards bumped out the tackle, but right. I, I think Bennett was a large part of that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, my pick this week is Melvin Gordon at the Giants. We mentioned him in this week's This Guy Sucks edition. Uh, struggled to get anything going last week, and I think that knee injury, the bone bruise he has, is going to be detrimental to him against the Giants again this week. So you expected top five running back production. I don't think you're going to see that for a couple more weeks until he finally gets right. So before we get into our week five NFL picks, we're going to go real quick with some rapid-fire trade advice that we got on Twitter, at Glory Podcast. Uh User asked us which side in the trade, Le'Veon Bell, Des Bryant, DeMarco Murray, or Todd Gurley, Stefan Diggs, CJ Anderson. So again, Sean, Le'Veon, Bill, Le'Veon Bell, Des Bryant, DeMarco Murray, or Todd Gurley, Stefan Diggs, CJ Anderson. Which side do you like from that trade? I like Gurley just because uh, he's the best player ever. Yeah. I'm, I'm leery of Le'Veon Bell's workload. In the fact that you know, it didn't these guys can hit a wall? They, he just he didn't really do anything for three, four weeks. He didn't push it at all, and now he's jumped back into it. It's really, really tough just to kind of you know the old Shaquille O'Neal play yourself into shape in the NFL. I right, I think it's difficult. And and Dez to me is what we talked about earlier. The highs are great, but the the lows are excruciating, and I can't trust him come playoff time. When I know Diggs is going to literally get me five or six catches, if mm-hmm. not more, like the, right. the ceiling floor potential there, I think you just ride the girly Diggs and the, the the running backs are essentially a wash between yeah. Anderson and Murray. They're both they both could be hurt by the end of the season, for all we know. Knowing them, uh, Jerry, what side do you like in that one? I'm back in that girly Diggs, CJ Anderson side. Um, you're getting two legit number one tailbacks out of that. And Stefan Diggs is, like Sean said, I think as the season goes, his production goes up a little bit more as um, they figure out their running game. But in the meantime, they've got to force feed him the ball a little bit. So I, I think Le'Veon Bell obviously is week to week a top five tailback and a top five performer in um, fantasy as the season goes. But I got to go girlies uh, on that side. Yeah, I, I want to go Le'Veon Bell here because um, I think he's the best player in this in this trade. Uh, and as much as I've been touting Todd Gurley for the past 24 months, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some regression from him for the next few weeks because he's going to face some really tough defenses as the schedule progresses. However, I think the dig C.J. Anderson part of that trade is a little bit better uh, than Dez and DeMarco. So I still think he'll get solid production from Gurley. So I'm going to go with the Gurley side as well. We're all chalk for the Gurley side. So uh, Twitter Twitter follower, there you go. Uh, the next question and final question before we get into our picks is, I drafted David Johnson and Dalvin Cook. Do you recommend cyanide or leap from a tall building slash structure? I mean, Jerry, you drafted David Johnson. Uh, what, what would be the best way to off yourself? I thought a lot about this. Um, jumping, you have to think about it a little bit more as you're <laughs> falling. You know, I forget the gravitational force 
But at the same time, the cyanide, if it doesn't work quickly, you still have to think about your draft. So either way, I think there's <laughs> got to be a, a better way to do this. Yeah. Sean, how, how would you go? Cyanide doesn't – I don't know that it's totally foolproof. I saw that one Bond movie, and the guy like had like half his face lost. Um, and you can still live from like falling ridiculous heights sometimes. <laughs> I feel like I would be able to do that, I'd, like land on my side, maybe just separate <laughs> a shoulder and just be like, damn. Um I, I I mean, here's what I would do: just you know, quit fantasy football. It sucks. It's stupid. <laughs> it's unfair. If luck wasn't part of it, I would win every time. Um, so you know, just give up. Don't kill yourself. <laughs> oh goodness, I, this is this is my favorite year of fantasy football. Again, I'm gonna just relish in in Sean just bitching every week on the podcast. Even Dynasty and. Dynasty could be your year. I, I released those power rankings tonight or today in our Dynasty League, so that was the kiss of death for you guys. The Zuss and Bros in our Dynasty League. Yeah, you, you did, did it notably trick. right into a bye week where we're missing like half of our team. I mean, okay, half your team is, is, is Atlanta. Cost. <laughs> That's true. Well, I, I didn't mean for it to be a kiss of death. That's kind of how it happened. Um, but we are going to try something new tonight, guys. Uh, instead of breaking this up into two podcasts, we're going to go right into our pickums and uh, go through those really quickly for you. Uh, of course, follow us on Twitter at Glory Podcast for all of our picks. We'll release those as well as our point pounders and this guy sucks. Uh, and any sort of trade advice or fantasy football advice or just want to shoot the shit about fantasy or anything NFL related. We're happy to talk to you guys about that. But uh, we'll go through these picks very quickly. Uh, last week, Sean, you went 9-6. and six. Jerry, you went 10-5. and five. I led everybody with 11-4. And, and then Mark came up. Uh, Mark tied with you, Sean, at 9-6 and six for the season. I'm at 42-20. and 20. Uh, Jerry is at 39-23. and 23. Mark's at 38-24. And, and Sean's at 37-25. Remind all of our faithful listeners that the winner of the cumulative picks at the end of the year gets a nice fresh $20 bill from everybody else involved. So we'll go into this real quick Thursday night game. The Patriots are favored by four points on the road, and we all four of us are on New England. And I did want to talk about this real quick because I thought we might see some Tampa Bay love here considering how good that offense has been and how bad the Patriots' defense has been. But, Sean, what's your thoughts on this game, and, and why do you like New England to, to win by at least at, more than four points? I just think it's a nice nice spot for them. Tampa off a high of winning the Giants game. Uh, New England off the loss. I think Tampa's offense is kind of just the remedy for what New England may need on defense. They're more of a traditional throw it downfield. And I think uh, New England's a little bit more suited for that of defending for a little bit longer stretches mm-hmm. um, and not you know kind of the quick passing or kind of the quirkiness of mobile quarterback. Winston's going to just try and you know, drive the ball downfield. He can throw some things where you can take an opportunity here and there. And defensively, Tampa's really banged up. Both linebackers out. I think they've got um, a safety award out. And, and then I think McCoy's really bad on some injuries. So if you're not going to get pressure with your front four on Brady, that's a recipe for disaster because he's going to carve you a few blitz. And uh, I think it's a nice spot for, for New England to, to kind of get things righted. You know, Brady, again, that's why I say start both both these teams in fantasy because it's going to be a shootout. Uh, next game, San Francisco at San Francisco at Indy. And uh, Sean, Jerry, and Luke, we are all on Indianapolis. And Mark's on San Francisco, but he's not here to defend himself. So not much to talk about that game. So we'll go on to the next one, Buffalo at Cincinnati. Uh, Sean, 
Mark, and I are all on Cincinnati, but Jerry, you like Buffalo here. Does it have something to do with that defense that you were talking about earlier in the fantasy portion of the podcast? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's Buffalo's defense is coming along, and I think uh, Tyron Taylor is just playing well, You know, not turning the mm-hmm. ball over, running a little bit, and uh, I just like what Buffalo is doing. I'm worried about the, uh, the loss of Jordan Matthews. Though. We'll have to see if Zay Jones can step up. Yeah, the, the wide receiver core is very, very, very thin, so uh, we'll see how they combat that. Next game, Arizona at Philadelphia. Sean, you and I are both on Philadelphia, while Jerry and Mark have San, or have Arizona. Uh, what do you like about Philadelphia here? Is it the Carson Wentz to Alshon Jeffrey connection finally getting you know turning into something, or what do you like? Um, I don't know. I just, for some odd reason, I, every game Philly's been in this year, I, I've kind of felt like I like the matchup for them. Yeah. Um, whether it was week one against Washington, I just, there's something quirky about them. They might be just one of these teams that I, I'm going to pick. And at the end of the year, either I'm going to be right that they're 12 and four or 13. And well, they're not going to go that, that well, but I, it, it, I liked them at 11 and five this year. I, I just, you know, I thought Dallas would regress. I didn't think the Giants were any good. I actually thought Washington would struggle a lot more. Washington's been better than I anticipated and probably should have won that won that game Monday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I like Philadelphia. I just think that that offense is starting to t- turn around a little bit. And I think Wendell Smallwood might be a shot in the arm for them that they, they kind of need him. Obviously, Darren Sproles has been a lightning bug for a while now, but uh, he's getting up there in age. And, and now that he's gone, Wendell Smallwood can jump in. Maybe he can just be a little bit more dynamic uh, than Sproles could have been. But also, too, the Garrett Blunt ran hard on Sunday. So uh, maybe they'll get him more involved as well. Uh, but also the tiebreaker for me was they're playing at home and I just don't trust Arizona's offense. Uh, they also lost the outside linebacker golden to a 20 ACL and MCL. But Jerry, w- what are your thoughts on Arizona uh, before we wrap it up? Well, you were saying this is the Elshon Jeffrey uh, opportunity. I, I don't agree. I think he's got Patrick Peterson on him all night and shut that down. So there goes my fantasy win this week. So um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, shucks. Oh, fiddlesticks. <laughs> no, I'm, I just I think Arizona. Um, it's kind of a, trying to zag where you guys are zigging here. I need to make up a couple right. uh, choices here. There you go. Um, next game, Chargers at New York facing the Giants. Two zero and four teams playing against each other. Obviously, uh, Eli, Man- Eli Manning and uh, Philip Rivers have history. They got traded for each other on draft day in two thousand four. We all think the Giants are going to go to zero and five or go to one and four, and the the Chargers will go to uh, to zero. 0- 0-5. Um, I can't speak for you, Sean, but I think that's because of the West Coast team traveling to the East Coast, and you know, I don't see any way that they stop that the Chargers stop Odell Beckham. I mean, what's your thoughts on this game? And, yeah, that, that's that's exactly that. Um, mm-hmm. the, the the Chargers are dumpster fire. The NFL did them no favors. Their own owners, the problem. Spanos, that guy's yep. a douche. Um, Bigger douche, uh, Spanos or uh, Pete Carroll? Ooh, Spanos. He's okay. got more money. And when well, you've Span- got more money, you automatically become more douchier because you shouldn't be douchey if you have money. Like, honestly, guys, if I was had the money of Dean Spanos, you guys would talk to speak of me like a freaking god because I would oh. just roll out lobster sent to your house on every Sunday with I don't the like seafood, that I just funded. I'd be pissed off because I don't like seafood. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, then I'd get you some some – beer that you could have Ooh, that, okay. see i gotta keep this all like classy otherwise i would just you know <laughs> shred you right now with you know a box of maxi pads and you know <laughs> kleenex with, uh or knows what else all right fair enough we'll move on to the next game uh we can talk about real quick jacksonville at pittsburgh we're taking the spread on this one 
Uh, Pittsburgh is favored by nine points. Sean, Jerry, you guys have Jacksonville. Mark and I both have Pittsburgh. Um, we think that Pittsburgh is going to roll them, apparently. Uh, why do you guys think differently? Jerry, you go first. It, outright, I think Pittsburgh wins, but I just think it's a little bit closer than uh, the way you, you might have it. So I'm, I'm going to go with Jacksonville and take the points. Sean? Yeah, I, it, it's a whole points play there. Um, just too many, and I Pittsburgh just still hasn't been right. Now, this will probably be a game where you know it's 30 to 10 and I look like an idiot, but you know what else is new this year? Fantasy <laughs> sucks, and I haven't picked a college winner to save my life. We oh, should keep this. podcasting. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Fade whatever you I'm say. trying to go for the bag thing where, like, I'm just always on the fringe of just literally hanging up and quitting. <laughs> That's Memphis Matt for all of our uh, college podcast listeners. You can find them at NEG Pod CFB. Um, Memphis Matt, hashtag Memphis Matt, is, is he has a very laissez faire attitude. He does not give any Fs. Uh, I just think Pittsburgh is going to this game there at home. Uh, they're pissed. Antonio Brown is pissed off. I think he's going to get a ton of catches here. And I'm hoping Martavis Bryant can get going as well. Our turd nugget supreme. Guys, Cleveland is favored again for the second time this year. Cleveland at home, minus two and a half versus the Jets. Um, I like the Jets to win this one outright because I think Cleveland's terrible. I just followed the, the text chain that I have with you guys, and I hear about all the, nays- the naysaying about the defense and the offense being poo-poo platter. And so I'm just going to go Jets here. Jerry, you went Jets as well. Is just because you think the, the Browns are going off and they're going 0-16? Or what, what are your thoughts here? Uh, I think the Browns are capable of losing every single game this year and doing it horrifically. I think this is actually going to be a tight one. Um, and we, mm-hmm. we might lose by a field goal. So okay. I'm going right. to take the New York Jets there. There you go. All right, so Sean, you have Cleveland as well. So does Mark. Uh, what, what do you think about that? I think I hate it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I'm taking the Cleveland Browns. All they literally do is just pull my pants down after I just got out of a freezing cold pool. Like that—that's the equivalent of what they do every <laughs> Sunday at 1 p.m. for three hours straight. And like, I'm almost paralyzed and I can't pull my pants up. Oh, jeez! Wow. That, and it's just, and I, I got a free ticket to the game. Sat through it. And the person that I was with, we went. He just left for twenty minutes and like do a walkabout. Like he just was like, and I didn't even get like. There was no conversation to take place. It was like this is what they relegate us to. They create like these monsters of ourselves and ruin our Sundays. It was a beautiful day. I got you know nice sun, knocking back some. Some uh, platform beer, like just B spot right before the game. Just everything hit the mark just nicely. And then the and game, the game started. started. Right. And it was just atrocious. And the worst is, I had Joe Mixon, and we couldn't really stop anybody else. So Joe Mixon never got the ball. And the one thing we seemed to be able to kind of corral was Mixon. Now he got a lot of like yards after first contact because we can't make a play in the backfield. But there was a great debate between Mark and I after the game. I was like, Mixon was really good. He just, their line sucks. And he's like, he had 29 yards. I'm like, oddly enough, he was really good. He had like 30 yards called back in penalties and things that, you know, he would have had a better game. But this this squad just is, I don't know why I'm on the Browns. They suck. They suck. 
And that's our weekly Cleveland Browns bitching session. Who we drafted. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, next up, we have Carolina at Detroit. Detroit's favored by three. All three of us are on Detroit. Mark is on Carolina. Uh, he said there's absolutely no way Detroit could have won last week, and they won. So uh, fade Mark on that one. Uh, next game, Tennessee at Miami. Sean, Jerry, and Mark are all on Tennessee, and I'm on Miami. And uh, Mark left us a little note. Um, are you flipping high? He didn't say flipping, but that's fine. Um, maybe. I just don't. I, I trust Jay Cutler at home more than Matt Castle on the road. If it was Mariota, I'd take the Titans here. Um, but give me, give me Miami, Miami Dolphins and Smoke and Jay Cutler. Uh, did you guys see the um, the Wildcat offense when yes. Jay Cutler gave zero Fs? That Absolutely. was fantastic. So there was hands on tips. Just sitting there. Why the hell are we doing this? This stupid ass play where they know that Jay Jai is just going to run up the middle. Yeah, that was fun to watch. Jay, Jay Cutler's back, baby. He is back and does not give a shit about you or your fantasy team or your football team. He's just there for a check. Uh, next game, we have Baltimore at Oakland. And uh, a little bit of controversy here, gentlemen. The Zustin Bros are both on Oakland at home. And Jerry, you and I like Bark. Uh, Sean, I want to hear why you like Oakland here. Because I think Baltimore is an abortion. To put it just as bluntly as possible, the Baltimore Ravens are horrible. And Oakland is still a playoff team if they can weather the storm and Carr's not out for you know more than four games. I think they can go one, one and three, two and two, and be perfectly fine. This is a big game for them. It's kind of a little bit of desperate for them. I just it's a nice spot for her, for the Raiders. I was tempted to take Oakland here uh, just because it's at Oakland, but I still think Baltimore's a really good defense and they're just going to make EJ Manuel's life a living hell on Sunday. So that's why I'm going Baltimore. Jerry, what what are your thoughts on this game? I'm backing you right there. I think EJ Manuel is starting for the Oakland Raiders. I'm going to bet against that every day. Good call. I like that. Uh, next game, we have Seattle at the Rams. The Rams have turned into a, a podcast favorite uh, for for a few of us, not not Mark. Uh, you know, last year we dogged the Rams because of Jeff Fisher being an idiot, and now we're loving them because Sean McVay's turned them around and they beat Dallas. Um, Mark's on Seattle with about seven exclamation points here, but all three of us are on the Rams. Jerry, do you think that Mark is way off here, or do you think uh, the Rams are going to win handily? I think it's always tight with Seattle, but in LA they struggle. Is there something weird? If it, you know playing the Coliseum, they struggled last year. Um, I, I just think that Aaron Donald has a, a great chance to disrupt the Seattle's offense, and and this is, might be a tight one again. But I'm going to go with uh, the home team here. I'm going to go with the Rams. Yeah, Seattle Seattle's offensive line is not very good, uh, as we talked about in the fantasy portion of the podcast. And also, I think they lost uh, one of their linemen this week. So Aaron Donald could could cause hell. But I also think that Seattle defense out of Seattle is just a totally different team. So I like the Rams as well because of that. Uh, I don't think that you're going to see a, a stellar game from Jared Goff or Todd Gurley this week. But I still think that they'll do enough to win the game. I think the defense will play well as well. Uh, Sean, anything else to add about this game? No, I, it's a real tough game to call. Uh, it, it, it is going to be a fascinating game to see where the Rams actually are. Um, it's typically kind of a real, real hideous game. This isn't one you, you watch. Um, a 6-3 to three game, yeah. Yeah, and it, you can't be expecting that much from your, from your fantasy guys either. So, uh, you know, I, who knows? Maybe it'll break out into an actual... 
I don't want to say shootout, but something interesting. But I doubt it. I doubt right. it seriously. In the words of Mike Tyson. <laughs> I love Mike Tyson. Um, next game up, Green Bay at Dallas. Sean, you're on Dallas. The three of us are on Green Bay, but that's not the game I really want to talk about. That should be a fun game to watch. I think that we all know what's going to happen there. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be. It's going to come down to Mike McCarthy or Jason Garrett mess up. Um, it'll be fun to watch. But all four of us in Kansas City at Houston. All four of us are on Houston, and Kansas City is undefeated. Uh, they've looked. I don't want to say dominant because they didn't look great on Monday night, but they were pretty damn solid. Defense played well, um, but they've been one of the most exciting teams this year. Yet all three of us are in Houston. Are we just are we kind of just like drunk off of of Deshaun Watson's performance on on Sunday, or or is there something else there to it, Sean? Andy Reid special here. The second you're like, how's this team? You know, are they the favorite? <laughs> they 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 shit down their leg. That's what I'm banking on. Short week. Um, an emotional win, a, a sneaky cover uh, for those in Vegas, as well as uh, hitting the over. And uh, yeah, I think just that. I think I think Houston kind of sneaks it through, and Houston will have their day I, probably the following week when everything they're riding high off. <laughs> the thing the thing I noticed in the Monday night game with Kansas City is their their line play was pretty poor. They pretty much. Kerrigan and those guys do whatever they wanted up front. Jonathan Allen, they all lose in the backfield. And if you thought that was bad, I mean, Houston's front is even better. So I'm banking on Houston's defense to get some stops here and shut down KC a little bit. Yeah, I like that. I think that's kind of was my mindset as well. Um, and, you know, traveling on the road, maybe we're just not going to see the same Kansas City team uh, that we've seen for, for throughout the first four weeks, even though they dominated the Patriots on the road, but whatever, besides the point. Uh, so we're all four of us are in Houston. And then the final game, Monday night game, this won't be a blast. Minnesota at Chicago, Mitch Trubisky's debut as an NFL starter, the second overall pick last year, or this year, uh, has taken over for the bench to Mike Glennon. Surprise, surprise, it took four weeks for that to happen. Uh, all four of us are on Minnesota, so it's going to be the Case Keenum and uh, Mitch Trubisky show. I mean, Jerry, do you expect anything from Trubisky here? I think this is probably a pretty tough debut against a pretty solid defense in the Vikings. It's, it's going to be a little rocky for him. Uh, yeah, you're playing one of the better defenses in uh, NFL Minnesota. I think this is going to be a little bit of a rude awakening. Yeah, so, I mean, all four of us are on, on uh, Minnesota this week, and I'm hoping Trubisky plays well. Uh, obviously, the big thing with him is he just needs more time. But he's he's facing the Vikings, and then he's got the Ravens, and then he's got the Panthers, which is three pretty tough defenses to start off his career. Uh, but, Sean, any other comments on this game or what you think of what's going to go on here? I think it's a real tough spot for Trubisky. I I can understand playing him and everything, and I know you had the mini-buy. I, I, I probably would have served Glennon up for, for maybe uh, – you know, another week or two or, uh, you know, until their buyout comes and then, you know, I don't know what the harm was in it. Uh, that's just what I would have done. I think Minnesota's a brutal matchup to, to try and line up against. Right. Right. So all four of us are on Minnesota and uh, hopefully, you know, Trubisky can go the way of his counterpart rookie Deshaun Watson and, and turn himself into an actual NFL quarterback. But time will tell. Uh, but, gentlemen, that has been week five of the fantasy football and the NFL season. Um, we'll be back next week to talk all things 
That happened in week five and preview week six on both the fantasy and NFL season. Uh, but in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Glory Podcast, on Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Check us out on SoundCloud, on iTunes, get those clicks up. We need that good advertising money. We've got almost 600 followers on Twitter now, and most of them are not sex bots, which I'm very proud of. Uh, a lot of talking back and forth. We appreciate all the comments that we get, all the questions, the advice uh, that's asked our way. Sundays are usually pretty busy for me in the morning as I'm just scrolling through all of our Twitter mentions. So keep that up. Love answering the questions. And uh, gentlemen, we'll talk next week. So everybody, good luck to – actually, good luck to everybody but Sean. I, I want Sean to keep on losing because that, that makes for my Tuesday night's Here, here. Hey, even <laughs> so the losers. Talk- Tom, Tom Petty, RIP, man. Oh, oh that's cat. Rest in peace. So we'll talk next week, fellas. All right, later.